Welcome everyone, Arthur Bablis here. Congratulations for getting to the Personal Evolution Show, the podcast, part of the Evolve from the Inside Out community. And we're gonna be coming to you, we're gonna be having discussions, we're gonna have conversations. And the whole purpose is to get you thinking about your thinking. We're gonna ask you some questions so you can discover decisions that you need to make in order for you to start moving your life forward. How do you bring in more joy, more happiness, more success into your life? You see, leadership, success, happiness, it doesn't just happen, it's cause and effect. In this podcast, we're gonna be sharing with you modern sciences, a traditional wisdom, spiritual laws, you have blending modalities from NLP, hypnosis, kinesiology, energy work. We're gonna share with you what we've learned over the last 30 years in this wonderful field to help you to discover that essence inside of you and ask yourself the questions to help you to break through. Here's a question, who would you be? What would you do? And how would you feel if you already had blank? Think about that. This podcast is going to help you fill in the blanks. This is Arthur Bablis. Actually, before we do that, I'm just looking at what's on the chart here. If we look at page 22, let's just talk about five element emotions. That's important because we're going to be doing emotional work. So before we get into emotional work, let's more learn how you can have a conversation with someone, understanding the elements and their emotions and how you can shift people through a specific element and an emotion just with a conversation, right? Uh, and this really is this chart here, and I've put this chart up here before. So they're the five element emotions. So let's look at page 22. Let me read that and tell you a story along the way. Then we'll start talking about emotions and how you can use the understanding of the five elements, the Shen cycle. What's the Shen cycle, guys? The Shen cycle, that's the one that follows the star, correct? True or false? False. Thank you, Kevin, for being exact with the question I asked. Everyone's giving me other things. You answered the question. False. <laughs> All right. Which means it's true. I saw Marley say false as well, too. So the Shen cycle is the mother dirt cycle. It's the circular pattern in a clockwise direction. The co cycle is a star pattern. It's a grandmother, granddaughter. And, and when we do things, when you rub points, guys, when you rub NLs, when you hold in Vs, when you trace the meridian, when you're doing ESR, that starts to shift energy. And the energy will shift and will travel along the Shen cycle or the co cycle or the combination of both in a clockwise direction for what purpose? For the body to restore homeostasis, heal, and uh, be in a balanced state, optimize wellness. So we don't know how it's going to do it. That's a later program, you can find that out. But right now we know it's shifting for the purpose of healing, right? So same with emotions. When you have an emotion, experiencing emotion, that has a specific elemental characteristic. Love and joy and hate is in the fire. Uh, empathy, sympathy, and sadness is in the earth. Metal is grief, guilt, and regret. And it also it's got this, the sounds there, right? Singing is in the earth. Crying is in the metal. Uh, water is in, uh, groaning is in the water. Shouting is in the wood. And of course, laughing is in the fire element. So let's read page 22. When using the five element model to balance the body's energy, instead of stimulating the neurolymphatics, ESR, which we've talked about, can be used while talking about the emotion relative to the goal set up for the balance, which we're going to talk about after this. Emotions can be better understood if we use our knowledge of the five elements. This could be described by telling the following story. John and Mary were a devoted couple. They had been married for 35 years when John suddenly died. Mary was upset in her grief. She was filled with guilt that she had not been nicer to John in the morning he died and with regret that they had not taken that overseas trip that they, that they so wanted. Where were they stuck? Metal. On her first night alone, she heard a strange noise. 
And when normally she would not worry or would send John to investigate, she became full of fear and anxiety. What did that move into? Water. In the morning, she realized the sound was caused by a rose bush scratching the window and felt anger at herself for being so silly and at John for dying. She also felt resentment because now she was all alone. Hmm. Energy's moving along, right? Later, when her daughter rang to tell her she was going to be a great-grandmother, she was able to feel joy because she knew that life must go on. In the course of time, when a dear friend rang to say her own husband had died, Mary was able to offer sympathy and empathy without being caught up in deep grief again. If someone becomes stuck in one of the emotions, and this is what you want to highlight, if someone becomes stuck in one of the emotions, we can use the Shen cycle or the Co cycle to encourage them to move on. So if someone's stuck in deep grief and regret, what would you do, guys? Any ideas? Hundy's made a move. Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, you would um yeah, you would push her to see her fears. You'd open up her fears and get her to face them. Open up her fears? <laughs> yeah, we'll just, you know, get her to face the fears. As a her? widow myself, a beat in there, you do, you have to, you know, take on the world again. You know, and it's not easy because it's all hold on, hold on. Are... They're in grief, they're in guilt, mate, they're in regret, they're crying. You're gonna push them to face the fears. Don't you have a heart, mate? Just strap it on sometimes. <laughs> ABC. <laughs> so what would you do? <laughs> um, well, what control? Oh, um, Come on, mate. You're heartless. Why don't you offer some empathy and sympathy? Yeah, you've got to bring some joy and laughter into their life. Is that right? Are they going to think you're taking the piss out of them? We are in Australia. I don't know, mate. You're the, you're the trader. Hit us with it. No, no. Well, well, hey, I'm just telling you. Yeah, you, yeah, gave, yeah, you, you gave me an answer, which I liked in the beginning. I'm just challenging you that answer because you know yeah, what? Okay, cool. Most people would not do that. Most people would offer empathy and sympathy. The person's unconsolable crying. Guess what you're going to do? Oh, poor thing. It's all right. Come, come here. Let me hug you. What does empathy and sympathy do? Look at this chart. What does it do, guys? Go backwards. No, if you offer empathy and sympathy, it's going to feed the grief. You make it worse. Classic counselling, and in this world, someone sees someone crying in pain and regret, guess what? Empathy and sympathy makes it worse. And most of us look for it because we want to feel it to heal it. You think about it. Yeah, yeah, but, the people, but the people offering you the empathy and sympathy, oh, poor thing, I'm there for you, they're going to make it worse for you. Ones that really love you aren't around. They say, fuck off, get out of it. Face the fears. Get on with it now. Come on, you're heartless, people say. 
Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it made me actually think of something. Um, obviously, basing this on the story, okay, and my experience with losing a loved one, my best mate who lost his dad about 10 or 13 years before, he said to me, he said, it's not as bad as it's going to get yet. He said, well, everyone's around. It's going to be okay. But he said, when everyone else goes back to their life and you're going to be stuck in your house with Stella, he goes, that's when you're going to have to suck it up. He goes, that's when you're going to have to you know, deal with it. So he gave you a pre-hypnotic suggestion? Yeah. And a carton of Jack Daniels. <laughs> Could have been wild turkey. Anyway, oh, he's a, he's um, a JD man. So what I'm saying is what you said in the beginning is, in, according to the model, is get them to face their fears and anxieties. If you offer empathy and sympathy and hug them, a poor thing, it's only going to make it worse. Now, I'm not saying not to offer empathy and sympathy, but you know what? A lot of people get caught up in it and stay in that hole. I suppose, what, I suppose what you want to do is offer. And what's the difference between empathy and sympathy? Feeling sorry, saying Kevin, feeling what they are feeling. So what's that one? Empathy and sympathy? Just uh, give it, uh, unmute your microphone, Kevin, just tell us. Or you like typing, just type. Uh, I like it both ways, right? <laughs> so there's anything wrong with that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Um, so tell so us the empathy and sympathy, your understanding. Sympathy is feeling sorry for them uh, from a different point of view, from a different place. Feeling empathetic means uh, feeling what they're feeling, being on their level, and so that they feel like they that you understand what they're feeling as opposed to acknowledging what they're feeling. Okay. Okay. Fair. And anyone else? Thank you for sharing. That makes sense. You know, we can shed light on that from another perspective. Empathy dissociated is saying anew, not caught up. Sympathy is associated, caught up with them. I think that's the exact answer, in my opinion. And when you say dissociated, not that you don't have caring for them, but you're not caught up in the emotion. You're not caught up in the story. Think of... Probably a, probably a better word, I know, as a bit dissociated and associated, because when I think of dissociated, I'm thinking of in timeline therapy, right, when Tad says the cause of all pain is dissociated emotion, <laughs> right? I'm thinking, oh, my God, we don't want more pain to dissociate emotion. It's not that we don't feel emotion, but we're detached from the emotion. Do you understand? Not dissociated, we're avoiding it, it's detached from it, so we don't get caught up in the emotion. So you said not caught up, which is what I think that is. So when you empathize with someone, you're detached from the emotional response and not getting caught up with the emotion. When you sympathize with someone, you get caught up with emotion. You're in the hole with them. And the only reason you're in the hole with them, it's triggering your stuff. You haven't helped deal with your stuff yet. You can offer, I think, genuine, authentic empathy if you've gone through what the person's gone through and you dealt with it. If you haven't gone through what they've gone through, do not say, in my opinion, please, I understand what you're going through. You don't fucking understand what they're going through. I'd rather say to someone, I never want to say, I wish I could understand because I don't want to be in what you're going through. I have no idea what you're going through because I've never gone through it before. What I have gone through, though, is this. Here's how I felt. Here's what I found. And maybe telling my story might help them 
find their resources to get through it, right? The last thing, in my opinion, you want to do is condescend someone saying, understand what you're going through. Really? Have you gone through what I've gone through? Do you really understand? Excuse me, Arthur. Can you just touch on, so metal controls the wood. Can you just touch on where the metal to the wood would play a part in there with the... Yeah, I'll show you in a second. Thank okay. you for the question. Right. So, um, so in this case, you probably wouldn't offer empathy and sympathy. You probably empathize with them, not get caught up with it, but then build, but you're empathizing to build rapport with them, right? But once you build rapport, guess what? You're going to ask questions to face the fears, to maybe get them anxious. And so interesting, people are feeling always anxious around you or you make people anxious. So you might say things or you ask them questions or get them to focus on things. And they say, you always make me anxious with your questioning. What do you think the purpose of the questioning is? To get them out of the middle. But so many people have got blind spots, they'll just stick in the middle and they'll decay. And you know they're stuck in the middle by looking at the body and the symptoms. And I'll tell you, no, it's not, but the body's telling you something else. But you'll persist getting them anxious. You'll persist having conversations to get them anxious. I don't want to talk about that. I'm always anxious when you talk about those things. What's the whole idea of talking about those things? Look at this model. There's a method to the madness in every conversation I have. Someone says, you're making me anxious. It means exactly I need to be doing that to make you anxious because you're hiding in the metal element and your body's telling me that. And you need to face the fear, you need to face the unknown, you need to get into the wood, into the water, maybe submerse yourself in the water. Allow yourself to just fall into the water. Maybe that's the lesson, I don't know. In order for you to find the spark inside, whatever that is for you. A new vision, a new why, a new way, a new, which is the wood element, right? But wood's also about anger and resentment. That's finally letting go of the thing that, you know, it's like threshold. Once it pops, it pops. So people can't cry, right? Or can't get into grief. And so they'll hop into the laughing, the joy, because that controls them. So yeah, people are in false joy to control their to grief. How do you get them out of false joy? You've got to empathize and sympathize with them. Now you've got to get into the story here, sympathize, pull them out of the fire, get them to feel some sadness, and that's going to feel the, feed the crying. You know, they say you've got to be strong enough to shed a tear on your own, right? Maybe you're stronger shedding a tear with someone else. So that's the empathy. Help the person come out of the fire so you can shed a tear. And I tell you, if you're the practitioner and you've got someone like that, you can't get them to cry if you're not crying too. You can't get them in that state if you're not in that state too. It's all about state control. You've got to get them in that state. And we learned with states and anchoring and everything else in NLP, the practitioner has to get in that state to drive the person in that state. So if you've you got to get the client, they're avoiding the grief, they're avoiding the crying, they're avoiding getting into, but a cry all the time, but not a cry of letting it out. 
So that's why they laugh at off all the time. Right? But their body gives them signs. They love singing. Well, maybe they love lip syncing or karaoke. So they love getting into the earth because that pulls them out. But we won't go all the way. We'll go back and make it fun. These people got to get them to face their anxieties. The very thing to fear the most, what anxious is what's going to give them the biggest breakthrough. And if you love them enough, persist with them, even to the point where they push you away. Because those who don't love them will let them leave them in the middle element. And then there's some people, Andy, they just need to get angry, right? They just need to let it out. They're bottling up all this anger because they've been told that they shouldn't scream. Good girls or good boys don't get angry. Or if I ever got angry and, wrote and spoke up, I'd get scolded. You know what I mean? And so what controls the anger? Crying. They feel sorry for themselves. They start crying. And looking for empathy and sympathy from others only to feed the crying more. But they reach threshold and they want to control that. They hop into the fire element to laugh off the crying. And fire is also good because it bypasses the wood element. And there's no way they want to face the fears and anxieties because when they face the fears and anxieties, guess what? The fears and anxieties control the crying. Can't control the crying. I can't control the laughing. Can't control the laughing. We've got to be laughing all the time. We've got to be positive all the time. We've got to be happy all the time. So you know this person avoiding the blue, the very thing they want to submerse themselves into, right? Avoiding the fears and anxieties, staying in the middle element, blocking the creation from something new. So they probably inappropriately express their anger, let it out at times, which you think, oh my God, was that me? Sound like my mum or dad? I've said it to myself many times. There's no right or wrong here. And we're not putting anyone in boxes. It's just understanding the model so you can understand your behavior, guys. Because if you're stuck somewhere, then what do you need to do to move through? So if you are stuck in the middle element, most people are. Well, how do you move into the fears and anxieties? Well, you need to have, you need to have people who are strong enough and care enough for you that probably are prepared to highlight your blind spots, get you to face the fears and anxieties and rattle you. In order if you make decisions for yourself to get angry, let it all out, in order for you to then experience the joy that life can offer you in an authentic way, as opposed to a coping mechanism, which is suppressing the grief, melting the metal, and bypassing the anger and resentment. And you can't tell someone who might understand this model, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe we don't know what we're talking about. But I tell you what you can't avoid is what's happening in your body. Would that be fair? You can't avoid the pain you're feeling. You can't avoid the condition you're experiencing. You can't avoid disease that you chose to create. You can't avoid how that is debilitating your life at that moment. And you say to yourself, 
are just over it, well, you haven't reached threshold yet to take the next step. That's better. Put my, put my uh, transmitter on, on charge. Better right now. Okay, so I like what Jana said too, because if someone is uncontrollable crying, guys, they just cry, 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 and they can't stop. Yeah, you got to get them in the water, but you got to control that first. What controls the crying? Laughter. Break the state. Tell them a joke. And when you when you've controlled it, then get into the wood. Uh, sorry, the the water. So when someone here's what you want to do. When someone's uncontrollable in an emotion, control it with the grandmother. Once you've controlled it, stimulate the daughter. That's the pattern here. If someone's uncontrollable singing, come on, man, you're just singing all the time? Get them angry. And then make them feel guilty and regretting something and get into the grief. Cry with them. And you know they're stuck in the earth because they love their sweet tooth. They love their ice cream. They love their cheesecakes. They love all the sweets. They get muscle cramps and spasms. They get neck pain, jaw problems. You might think, fuck, how does he know what I'm going on? Is he one of these mentalists? I don't know what's going on for you, but if this is going on for you, this is a pattern, do you understand? And so once you identify the pattern, you think, wait, where am I stuck? So what do I need to do? Nali is nodding her head, so maybe it's hitting a nerve for her. That pattern at least. The other pattern maybe was someone else. Yeah, okay, jaw and neck, and you like your, you got a sweet tooth? And you love the woods, right? You're the uh, the forest diva, right? It's interesting. You like green. Uh, <laughs> so you know what is it that you know you need to face? What's your deep seated grief, guilt, and regret? What's the one thing that you wouldn't say to anyone that if you said now would create the biggest breakthrough for you and not that you have to say it unless you want a breakthrough now um but that's how you would have the conversation with someone guys but of course you need to build rapport with this so knowing this model imagine having a conversation as a counselor or a coach wouldn't that help you get the person shifting in different areas help you get the detailed personal history in much more in a thorough way have a, a, this is really help giving you a way to profile the person in in a different way and so you ask more questions. You ask what's going on in life. You look at the symptoms. You look at the, whatever they're experiencing in the body. And suddenly the habits, the, what they crave, what they don't crave, what, they, what time they get up, what time they don't get up, but certain things of the day, do certain things happen at the same time. Suddenly you get all the clusters of information. And your job is just to throw the dots out there and help them join the dots. So when people need to get angry, they just cry. So that's the wood, uh, sorry, the, the, the metal wood scenario, Josh. 
So what do you need to do with that person? Well, you've got to get them to face the fears and anxieties and then get them into the water element and let out, uh, the wood element let out, with anger and resentment, screaming a pillow. Because those people tend to raise their voice in an inappropriate way. They don't raise it in a way to actually let out what they need to let out as a sound balance. So that's five element emotions. I think once you understand that, you can have conversations in a, with, a, with a different intention with people. Would you agree with that?